This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. First of all, happy, happy... Happy Thursday to you all. The midterms are not until the fall, but recently we've seen some major primaries that will be determining who will be going head-to-head on November 8th. Case in point, pack your yanglings, your cheesesteaks, and whatever gritty's made of, because we are heading down to the Keystone State, where the governor's race is heating up between Pennsylvania Democratic Attorney General Josh Shapiro, seen here trapped in a grape-flavored escape room... (laughs) And Pennsylvania Republican state senator and meatball asking, hey, you gonna finish that meatball? (laughs) Doug Mastriano. Josh Shapiro is presently leading in the polls, but Mastriano is making headlines, mostly because, without getting too technical, he is banana balls. (laughs) How so? Well, for one thing... He chartered buses to the Stop the Steal rally of January 6th and was part of the mob that marched on down to the Capitol. So no surprise, if he wins... You were a little late. You were late with your booing. You gotta get faster with that next time. (laughs) If he wins, he's pledged to purge Pennsylvania's election rolls, forcing everyone in the state to have to re-register to vote. It explains... That one was too early, but thank you. (laughs) It explains his yard signs, vote Mastriano while you still can. (laughs) In recent weeks, Mastriano has come under fire for his association with the far-right social media platform Gab, a safe haven for white supremacists, anti-Semites, and other extremists. So it's like Twitter, except... Yeah, it's Twitter. It's basically... (laughs) it's, It's Twitter. Mastriano has been endorsed by the founder of Gab, Christian nationalist and groomsman who keeps inviting you to his suite at the La Quinta, (laughs) Andrew Torba. Torba, who is openly, virulently anti-Semitic, says he supports Mastriano because, quote, Doug is an outspoken Christian. We're going to build a coalition of Christian nationalists and we're going to take this country back for the glory of God. Jesus Christ! (laughs) should get a restraining order against this guy. (laughs) The governor's race is not the only one to watch in Pennsylvania. There's also a heated Senate matchup between Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, seen here after the photographer said... (laughs) Seen here after the photographer said, hey, let's do a silly one. (laughs) And quack TV doctor... And stepdad Dracula, Mehmet Oz. (laughs) Polls show Fetterman leading by double digits, which might be... Which might be... Because Pennsylvanians want to have a senator who is actually from Pennsylvania. (laughs) Dr. Oz lived and voted in New Jersey as recently as the 2020 election. 
So Fetterman has gone full troll on Oz's Garden State ass, even starting a petition to add Dr. Oz to the New Jersey Hall of Fame. <laughs> that is lovely. That is really nice. If inducted, he would join such luminaries as Bruce Springsteen, Tommy from the song Living on a Prayer, <laughs> and the word Gabagoo. <laughs> Fetterman has also enlisted the help of other famous New Jerseyans to attack Dr. Oz's fake Pennsylvania credentials. Just look at this video he recently put out. Yo, Dr. Oz, Stevie VZ here. What are you doing in Pennsylvania? Everybody knows you live in New Jersey and you're just using your in-laws address over there. And you do not want to mess around with John Fetterman. Trust me, he's a little out of your league. Nobody wants to see you get embarrassed. Counterpoint, I do. <laughs> hey, hey, Dr. Oz. Gabagool. What's the matter, Dr. Oz? Speaking of absolute frauds, you can't trust everything you see on the internet. I know that may be hard to believe, but trust me, I read it on the internet. <laughs> and when an internet story is wrong, media outlets often issue fact checks, but the fact checks never get the publicity that the original crazy story did. So we're going to check in on the world of fact checks in my long running fact check segment, Fact Check Check. How many facts could a fact check check if a fact check could check that? First up, I'm getting fact-checked that this is not a long-running segment. <laughs> this is the first time we've done it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Second, we were all upset when we learned one of our favorite Mexican-themed desserts was being discontinued last week, but some people online were even more upsetter when a headline started circulating claiming Klondike's Choco Tacos canceled by woke mob after almost 40 years, <laughs> blaming recent allegations of cultural appropriation. Please, if the woke mob had canceled the Choco Taco, I'm pretty sure the Choco Taco would have its own stand-up special on Netflix. <laughs> and social media users started sharing that fake headline, forcing Klondike to explain yet again that we have experienced an unprecedented spike in demand across our portfolio and have had to make very tough decisions to ensure availability of our full portfolio nationwide. You see, it wasn't wokeness just normal business reasons. They had so much demand for their product line that to keep up, they had to eliminate the Choco Taco and all of its popular toppings, like tableside chocomole. <laughs> so the Choco Taco is gone, and it's never coming back. And what's it? I'm being fact-checked. Klondike is going to bring back the Choco Taco. <laughs> that was for nothing. It's a useless waste of time. Next up on the check wagon, last week, several news sites published articles claiming that a NASA scientist had recently issued a warning to astronauts against masturbating in space. <laughs> because in space, no one can hear you scream, shut the door! <laughs> According to the fake headlines, NASA banned space spanking because it allegedly could impregnate multiple women. <laughs> Come on. Masturbation doesn't lead to impregnating women in space. Captain Kirk does. <laughs> but... Turns out, it was a fake headline. And there is no ban on space self-exploration. <laughs> so, astronauts... Come in far when ready. 
There is, uh, there's also some shocking news out of Hollywood. We have learned that the DC Comics film Batgirl will be completely shelved by Warner Brothers, which means they will not be releasing the movie on any platform. That is terrible news for Gotham City. Without Batgirl, who's gonna fight, I wanna say, the Penguinette? <laughs> Lady Joker? You almost never see a movie studio bail on a project this completely, especially since they've already spent an estimated $90 million, which they are now taking as a tax write-off. It explains Warner Brothers' next movie, The Deductible Hulk. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. More Late Show Pod Show after this. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. I just, uh, James, once again, thank you for being here. And how about, how about, how about this band, James? Lucy, you guys sound, sound amazing together. You should take these guys on the road Absolutely. if I ever quit this job, because <laughs> I really need these guys. Uh, I don't want to tell everybody out there, uh, go out there and check out James's album right there. Yeah. It's called James Taylor. It's good. American Standard. It's really good. Quality music. Really quality. Quality man. And a little bit later, I'll be interviewing uh, Mr. James Taylor, all right? I'm gonna bring the heat. You better be ready. I'll get ready. Free ride's over, James Taylor. (laughs) Hey, what do you got? Anybody got any plans? Any plans for the weekend? Anybody doing anything fun? You're gonna sleep? (laughs) Yes. You're gonna sleep. Anybody? Any? uh, Lewis, you got anything? I'm gonna co-sign on that. You're gonna co-sign on that? Sleep. Um, Sleep. I've got big plans, thanks for asking. (laughs) I'm actually leaving. I'm leaving here, immediately going to the airport, and I'm gonna go to Greenland. Oh, that's, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to Greenland. I've never heard anybody that excited to hear the word Greenland. I'm going there, I'm gonna go do a USO show at the northernmost US military base. Oh, amazing. Amazing. That's awesome. Thule Air Force Base. If you want me to bring, if you want me to bring anything back, they have uh, ice and gravel. <laughs> anyway, uh, folks, uh, it is summertime, and wait, I'm being told in my deaf ear that we have some breaking news. Jim, can we play the breaking news graphic we stole from CNN? Thank you, James. That inappropriate graphic has never been more appropriate because our breaking news tonight is about CNN. You remember uh, that that news network is now being run by the guy who used to run this show, CNN CEO and mega church pastor who says Jesus wants him to have another jet, Chris Licht. Well, we have a hot scoop from Radar Online, the web's number one site for TV industry news and hot air traffic controller gossip. Radar is reporting Chris Licht is looking to me, Stephen Colbert, for help in rescuing the network. Don't worry, Chris. I got this. I know CNN Plus wasn't a hit, but have you considered CNN minus? (laughs) But apparently, apparently my old buddy over here doesn't want just my brilliant content ideas. He wants me 
to move to CNN. As Radar put it, and this is an exact quote from the article, Chris realizes not only he could persuade Colbert to leave the plum gig of The Late Show, and Stephen realizes not only he could read that sentence of make sense, (laughs) proving that Radar Online has not only zero proofreaders, but also any none. (laughs) And this reporting looks as rock-solid as Anderson Cooper's abs because two sources had confirmed it to Radar. No idea who these two sources might be, but they must be under very deep background because Chris recruiting me is such a secret, I hadn't heard about it before I read the article. (laughs) And look, I get it, y'all. I can see why Chris would think of me. I'm the first person I think of most days. (laughs) Imagine the sort of ratings you get at CNN if you let me take over Stanley Tucci's show. (laughs) Two seasons of Searching for Italy and he still hasn't found it. Give me a globe and a Sharpie. I'll find it in two days tops. (laughs) Even better, give me Anderson Cooper's time slot. But keep him there, too, okay? I'm a huge fan. I'll just bring Andy Cohen and a bottle of tequila. (laughs) Every night will be New Year's Eve. (laughs) That sounds good to me. Sound sound good to you, Anderson? (laughs) Now, for some reason... Some reason I haven't actually heard from my old pal Chris about this exciting new offer, but he's got a lot on his plate. According to the rumor mongers, Chris's first priority will be fixing CNN's morning and primetime programming. That is where the big advertiser money is. So, easy peasy. All he's got to do is fix the daytime and the nighttime. <laughs> Good luck, Chris. Are you sure you don't miss your old job of hitting the applause sign after I say the word meanwhile? <laughs> Hit it, Tom. We'll be right back. Coming up, James Taylor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My first guest tonight is the six-time Grammy Award-winning singer and songwriter and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer who's been sitting in with the band all week. Please welcome our friend and yours, Mr. James Taylor. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. It's always nice to have you here. Now, James, uh, you think... You've been sitting in with the band all week. I hope it's been an, uh, a lovely experience for you. Fantastic. Yeah. I tr- it has. What yeah. night was your favorite? What night was your favorite? Oh, man. <laughs> no, I, I can't... Is- I can't choose. No, I can't choose. I can't. <laughs> what you've played with... You've played with everybody. You've played, you know, with uh, other solo musicians. You've played with bands. You've played with symphonies, j- jazz combos. What, what is the most challenging thing about uh, sitting in with a new band? Well, I mean... Players this good, you know, who who you know are good because mm-hmm. you've you've heard them play for years, you know, uh, it it's there's there's nothing challenging about it. That's the thing. It's just a delight. It's just nice to. It's like I don't know. 
There's no hazing? These guys, there's no hazing okay. process or anything like there's, that? There's some hazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spanking machine yeah, or something like that? Yeah, they glue my guitar into the case and that sort of thing, yeah. <laughs> now, last time you were here, you were about to release this American Standard. You won the Grammy for it this year. Congratulations. And just... <laughs> and just finished a 12-month a, a tour. Okay. Yep. Twelve months tour. When you when you when you do an album and you go, okay, that's how that song should sound, and then you go take it out on the road for the first time and hear it in front of audiences over and over again, does that change your your view of that song or how it should be played? Yeah. You know, I've thought about this for a long time. With with songs that are standards like this, you you know the song. You in 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 my case, you've played it for many years. You have the arrangement of it. And uh, you go in with a very good idea of what it is and what it should sound like and how you want to change it and make it your own. But uh, typically, uh, I write my own stuff. So when I go into the studio and, and perform something and lay it down, um, that's the first time it's, it, it's sort of... Uh, it, it's, it's never played for people. I mean, some, sometimes people will, will book a, a gig and play the material that's going to be on a new album in a bar or a small club or, yeah. you know, and try to work it up. Because after you've played it for about, you know, and Cato knows this, you know, if you, after you've played something, everybody, any musician does, after you play something for about 20 times, it sort of finds its way, you know, it's, it, 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 it gets sort of seated. Uh, um, and uh, I've often thought that would be a good idea, but I've never really gotten around to doing it, you know. I've never... Uh, so... <laughs> So, you know, yeah, it's... it's the next one. It's a, Do it's, the next one that it, way. But it's a really good question, and it's a real... It's a thing, you know, yeah. It's a thing that people do. Well, yeah, it's a thing that new material performed for the first time, it, you know, it, it would be great to be able to, you know, circle back around and, and recut it after you've played it 20 times in front of audiences, because it, it does change it, you know. It, it sort of... Uh, you, you learn it better yourself... And their response also changes how you play it a little bit. You know, you, you've got so many of your own standards, like the, the James Taylor classics. Do you, does your, are you ever tempted to really switch up, like, how Fire and Rain sounds and then get a lot of pushback from those people out on the blankets? Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, Wolf Trap or no. Tanglewood or something like that? That's also an excellent uh, uh, point because... Um, you know, when you go to hear somebody uh, play their music, and particularly things that you're familiar with and attached to, you know, you yeah. you you really want to hear what you what you think. Of, you, I mean, it's great to hear some variation. That's the thing. You don't want it to be a carbon copy, but uh, and it's nice to hear people, you know, s sort of push the thing around a little bit. But if if it's unrecognizable as the song that that sure. you came to hear, you know, I remember seeing Sarah Vaughan perform once at a club down. It, it was a matinee. It was, uh, you know, uh, just there were just a few people in the audience. And, and she changed everything up so completely that I, I, it was like she didn't play anything I knew, although I knew all of the songs. You know, no. by, I saw, I saw Dylan, who I love. I saw Dylan at right. uh, Madison Square Garden. And for the most of the show, I was like, I think that's Ramona. It's true. It's true. I think that's Bob Dylan. Dylan will do that, too. He will. Yeah. He'll... he'll He'll change it a lot, and you know I understand the the uh, yeah, what the inspiration for that is, what the motivation is to to change it and to make it new. Mm -hmm. um, but 
also, you know, I, I, I'm very aware uh, that an audience wants to, you know, if they want to hear the song, they want to hear it as they recognize it. You know, mm -hmm. they don't want to hear some version of it. So, but, you know, so it's another one of those things that you've got to get, just you were talking about fame the other night. Uh, it's one of those things On that... On Monday, yeah, we were talking about right. fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, it's like... Um, uh, it's, a, it's another one of those things you want to get the right balance. Because mm -hmm. there are ways to... You know, the way we look at it, and in my band, uh, Larry Goldings actually is, is uh, sitting in with the band, too. Larry? <laughs> there he is. But... Uh, uh, you know, we, we basically try to... Uh, it, it sort of becomes a piece of theater when you're doing a, a, a set that you've figured out and you're, you're repeating it uh, going across the country. You, you, it, it's, uh, it sort of forms itself into a... You know, there are those people who want to do something new and improvised and, and change it up, won't write a set list, sort of call it out as they go on stage. Mm -hmm. And then there are other people more like myself, who once you get the, the show sort of set, you want to perfect it. You know, mm -hmm. you want to, you feel the timing of it, you feel when to introduce people, you get the order of songs so that they, they, uh, they work really well together, and then you kind of set that into something that you'll run for a year. Then when you come back to play those audiences another time, you'll want to have something different. But uh, So that's, that's sort of how we approach it, is trying to perfect that piece of... Yeah. Being, being on the road that long, do you, are you one of those artists who says everything has to be exactly the same? When I get to my dressing room, the carpet has to be brown, the walls have to be green. I, I actually, I have to have, you know, seven almonds in a row and they have to be lined up north-south. Like, you know, like, because I, I, I can't have anything change before I walk on stage. I'm fine if things change out here, but the lead-up to this all has to be the same uh, for me. Yeah, I, I think that, that that couple of hours before you go on uh, and... and uh, uh, how that feels, uh, you, you do want it. To, there, there is a, a sort of a, 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 a kind of a perfect chemistry to it, a kind of progression, you mm -hmm. know, that that sort of sets you up to be there at the right time. And 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 you know, do you do anything before you go on stage, like a ritual before you go on stage, and goes like, okay, that's the thing I do that turns me into James Taylor. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, there's nothing like that. But, <laughs> no, not really. But I'm not asking if you get into character, but you know, like there's a performance yeah. energy. Yeah, there is, and and uh, sometimes it's good to just sit, you know, like do a five minute meditation or something like that, or sure, or just uh, you, you know, know what's try good to... for a five minute meditation? Uh -huh. James Taylor song. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why, what I find. That's why I'm that's sitting right I... back. You know, that's it. Your, your son Henry joined you on tour this time around. What was it like to have your son out there with you? It's been great. You know, yeah. it's it's been so. Uh, um, it felt so easy and and so, you know, well familiar, obviously. But uh, you know, uh, it it was just. Uh, I don't know. I think he's got a, a feel for it. You know, he's got he he. Uh, you know, I've 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 toured actually with three of my children at, at various points. And uh, it is a wonderful thing, you know. And, and Henry just, in particular, uh, you know, he says, for him, he says he, he feels anxiety, he feels, uh, you know, uh, nerves beforehand. But you, you wouldn't know that, you know. It's, uh, it, I think he's, I, I've often said that 90% of show business is 
is how you look when you're nervous, you know? And uh, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, if you can, like, because you're not going to not be nervous, but right. then what's that look like to an audience? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, what, you know, how, how you look when you're nervous is if you look good, you're in good shape. Are you nervous? Are you still nervous when you go on stage ever? Yeah, I'm always nervous when I go on. Uh, more at the beginning of a tour, you know, once you get into a groove. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, man, you, your groove has to last for years, so. I'm yeah. nervous every night before I right. come out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I know how it should play up here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the laughter I'm getting up here is way better than whatever. You want to be you want to be either in the moment or slightly ahead of it. You know, you want to be think, thinking about what you're about to do and not thinking about just what you what you just did. One hundred, one hundred thousand, one hundred thousand percent, one hundred thousand percent. So th- there's a new venue opening up at Fenway in in Boston. It's the MGM uh, Music Hall. Is that what it is? I think so. Okay, yeah. you're you're the first performer there. What? Is are you a, is are you a Red Sox fan? Is are you am, excited yeah. about playing next to the park? I am. I, I am a Red Sox fan, and I've 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 played Fenway a couple of times, so wow. uh, it's that's a delight. Yeah. And uh, did you ever uh, play ball? Uh, well, I played ball when I was a kid. You know. Did you have any dreams? Oh no, I I was you know I just I played anything mostly first base, but uh, you know it's a good position. But you know I was I was very mediocre. Wow. Extremely. I happy. played left dugout. <laughs> yeah. 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 We have to take a break, but when we come back, I will ask James about his old friend, Joni Mitchell. Stick around. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6 1 since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, everybody. We're back here with James Taylor. Now, uh... (laughs) You're going on a nine-week European tour this fall. Okay, is this true? Yeah. Okay, because you looked at me like, I'm doing what? <laughs> just, are you finding sort of, out from me? No, I'm not finding out, but it Tough just way sort of hit me. Yeah. Is there, yeah. What are audiences like, 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 what's a European audience like different than an American audience? Yeah. Because I assume it's, it's in nine different countries or something like that. What, can, you, can you tell the difference? Like, eyes closed, could you tell who you're playing in front of? Oh, eyes closed? Well... Yeah, you know, you can. <laughs> you smell the cuisine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's a Certain. Roman audience like? What's Rome like? Or, what, like, where are, you, where are you playing? Rome is... Uh, Italy, Ireland, and Brazil, I think, are, are s- such musical countries that, uh, for some reason, that the audiences there are, uh, you know, the, the best I've played to. I mean, aside from home audiences, but sure. yeah. Italy, yeah. Ireland, and Brazil. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. But, um, you ever play China? You ever play China? I, I haven't. I played Hong Kong, but yeah. Um, yeah. it was more that's like... That's China, James. I know it. That's China, James. And that, you know, that's who's talking. It wasn't really then. That's Coco Show telling you that. Oh, that's yeah. not... <laughs> Do you want... 
Do you want to get into it about Taiwan? Do you want to get into it about Taiwan right now? Yeah, right now. Let's go. Okay. Um, Joni Mitchell surprised everybody by performing at uh, the Newport Festival just just the, uh, last week. And how did it make you feel to see... I knew you guys would go way back when you were on the, the show a couple of times ago. You were telling me about how uh, you wrote You Can Close Your Eyes for her while she was asleep in the backseat of a car while you drive up the Pacific Coast Highway. And what's it like to see her back on stage again? I mean, for those of us who don't know her, it was incredibly moving. It, it was great, you know. It really was, particularly for Joni. You know, she, she had a, a, a real uh, sort of disastrous event that happened to her, what, five years ago now, seven years ago? You know, she had a serious stroke. And... And she's come back from it so amazingly, you know, that was, I mean, that she's still here at all is, is remarkable, but, but that, uh, you know, you just can't, uh, you, you can't stop her, you know, you can't, yeah. she's just, uh, and, and that was, you know, Brandy Carlisle really is, is uh, instrumental in her getting, you know, in front of uh, an audience again, really has, uh, you know, hats off to Brandy for, have you seen Brandy's uh, uh, performance of Blue? Uh, no, I haven't seen that. She did the entire album, Blue. Ah, so yeah. did I. She did it at Carnegie. Yeah. You did Blue, too? No, well, I played on the original. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. <laughs> what are you... Wait, wait a second. What are you playing on in Blue? Because Stephen Stills plays on it, too, I yes, think, he right? Yes, yeah. So what are you playing on Blue? I play uh, um, All I Really Want or Love to Do. But that's your guitar? Yeah. Jang, jang, jang. That's you? Yeah, that's mine. And, Holy cow. Uh, no, she's playing uh, dulcimer, so oh, some of the, the jang, jang is, but the picking stuff is me, as always. Wow. Yeah. But wow. Uh, uh, that and uh, um, uh, that's So I'm on a Lonely Road, or uh, All I Really Want, I think, yeah. is the title of the tune. And uh, California, I played on. What? Uh, uh, Carrie, Get Out Your Cane. Yeah, and uh, there's a fourth one. What am I thinking of? Uh, oh, I could drink a case of you. Yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, wow, because she's playing the piano on that and you're playing guitar. Is that I what it is? She's I think she's playing dulcimer on that, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not. How did I not know that you played on that album? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think I was, I think now, I was credited. You're, you're, you're credited? I, got, I don't read the liner notes as much as I should. <laughs> I just listen to the music. Yeah. We, we got to go here in a moment, but I want to ask you about, you are going to be celebrating with, jo with Yo-Yo Ma. You're going to be celebrating John Williams' 90th birthday um, uh, up, at, up at Tanglewood. I understand meeting... First of all, how did you meet John Williams? I understand that it's a very special day for you. It was. Uh, well, it... It was the first time I had played with a symphony orchestra ever, and um, you know that's that's a real uh, uh, that's a real change from uh, from from the world that I came from, which was basically sort of folk music and a little bit from jazz and blues. But uh, but the you know so it's daunting to uh, to to play with with an orchestra like that. But I but but the thing is, I, it, it's sort of like I was introduced to it at the very top possible level with the Boston Symphony or the Boston Pops Orchestra, which is a lot of the same players, and uh, John Williams conducting them. So uh, it was really 
uh, stepping off the, the ladder at, at the very top, you know? And that, that made it, John made everything seem easy and uh, natural and, and very uh, accessible. But um, uh, so, so that, you know, that aspect of it was amazing. I, I had had a, a, a manager, a, a sort of business manager for years, who was an overseer of that orchestra and used to come up to Tanglewood every summer and was very involved in it. It was his thing to go to the, the symphony. And um, uh, he was trying to get me to do the pops for a long time. And finally, after about three separate tries of sort of pushing on me, I said, oh, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. Just, just leave me alone, I'll, I'll play the... <laughs> so uh, a guy named Stanley Silverman wrote some beautiful charts for me for some of my songs and, and some standards. And... Uh, um, I took them to the symphony, and we we had a, a not unlike the kind of day we've had today, and particularly on Monday when we when we started, uh, when when we uh, when you know when, when you you do a sound check, basically you do a rehearsal with the orchestra. Uh, John checks out the charts and sees how they work, and you know John is the, he's, he's such a master. He can take a, an orchestral chart you know, the, the conductor's chart, which has all of the parts written out on two pages. And he can just sort of listen to it as he turns the pages. It's like, uh, you sure you need a, a, a B-flat there? You know, it, it's really... Uh, he's, he's playing it up he here. He hears it. He exactly. hears it as he looks at it. He can, you know. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, also that same day, um, uh, my, my uh, soon-to-be wife, it would be. It would take a, another couple of years before we actually got together. But my wife Kim uh, was uh, working with the symphony uh, then and had been for about 20 years. And when uh, uh, she came to my dressing room and and wanted to ask me a couple of questions about how she she was going to introduce me because that it fell to her to do my introduction. So uh, you know, uh, I, I I I connected. I saw her. I, I thought, hmm, that's very interesting. And then, uh, <laughs> I, but it was, you know, it was, it was pre-show, I was nervous, I, I wasn't in a romantic mood. And, uh, you know, it's just, it wasn't the right timing. But the next day, the next day, uh, uh, I was thrilled and delighted. No, the next day, when I woke up, uh, uh, I noticed that my watch was missing, and I'd, I collected watches, you know, these, these not very expensive, but uh, interesting watches. They were pocket watches that were like made on a in... a chain, that kind of yeah, thing? That yeah, that kind of thing yeah. on a fob. That these, these watches were actually made after a, 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 an act of Congress uh, following a terrible train disaster sometime like in the, in the late 1800s. So, uh, this they, is going someplace I did not expect this well, story to say. <laughs> Okay, well, Go on about this maybe train we should, disaster. Maybe we should make an edit point, like right here. No, no. And then this you is can... all going out live. Right oh, okay. Now. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Well, the uh, the the uh, the pocket watches uh, were uh, mandated by Congress because a switchman had <laughs> a, a switchman had 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 the wrong time on his pocket watch, had thrown a switch, and two tra trains had collided. This was that is and, a good story. Yeah. So so uh, Congress actually mandated the accuracy of a particular railroad watch. And this was a railroad watch that, in all my years playing the Black Hole of Calcutta, playing the funkiest uh, juke joints anywhere, uh, uh, I had never had anything stolen from a dressing room until I played the Boston Symphony. 
Wow. Yeah. And did Kim steal it? How does this get back to your wife? How does this get back to her? She denies everything. <laughs> no, I... But that's why I Is called it really, her up. Did it really get stolen? It, it, well, it, it went missing, you know? I mean, I... I don't have it anymore, says James Taylor. <laughs> that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Two plus two equals... Mm. You know, I, I... So I called her the next day, uh, and uh, that was... That was the good fortune. Maybe I lost the watch, but I, I, uh, I got my best friend. Got that home. Got that home. Well, James, it's lovely to have you here this week. Uh, uh, please come back anytime. It's been so great. James Taylor. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.